Welcome to the Startup Tank Climate Investor Pitch Show, the premier online startup pitch contest where top climate tech and impact founders pitch VCs looking to fund world positive companies. If you're a founder looking for funding or a climate or impact investor interested in joining and investing alongside forward VCs, syndicate, and companies that move the world forward, please visit thestartuptank.com for more details and to apply. But now it's time to enter the tank. Cool. So I'm super excited to be here today to present you with series and how we developed color-optimized soil modules for uh, agriculture. So before we get started, I just would like to introduce you to Don. Don is a standard greenhouse owner. He produces cherry tomatoes. He's in his greenhouse in the Netherlands, and he has a greenhouse of about five hectares. Don has a major issue. It's the energy cost for uh, his gas and electricity. In average, Don spends about 1.5 million Swiss francs per year in energy. That's about 45% of his overall cost, and that cost has gone up over the last three years. So three years ago, it was 25%. As you may know, we're in the middle of an energy crisis. Uh, the energy cost of gas and electricity remain very volatile and uncertain over the next few years. And of course, the gas that Ton uses is also not sustainable. He emits a lot, a lot of CO2 emissions. So there's a solution to that, and that is to produce electricity at the same time that you're going to grow crops. And there are a few solutions that already exist on the market. However, they all have, uh, or they have four recurrent uh, issues. So the first issue of this is that very often those solutions are going to reduce the crops, uh, the growth of the crops that are below the solution. So for example, if you put a standard solar panel on top of tomatoes, you reduce the crops growth by about 80%. There is also a misalignment between the time where you're going to produce the electricity and the time we're going to use the electricity. Then most of these solutions also have a very low return on investment because they have a low efficiency for low photovoltaic. And also now uh, there, is, there are also a lot of discussions regarding the legal framework for uh, AgroPV, but most of the time you need uh, regulatory permission if you want to in introduce, uh, if you want to combine photovoltaic efficiency or photovoltaic production with crops and with agriculture. So here comes Voltiris. So Voltiris basically offers to turn color-optimized solar modules that uh, we've, we've protected with two patterns. So in a nutshell, what we do is that we apply a technology that we call spectral filtering. So it means that we filter all the light components from the sunlight and everything that crops need for growth, that is mostly the red and the blue, we're going to give it to the crops. Everything that they don't need, the waste to some extent, we're going to filter it and concentrate it on the solar cell and produce electricity with it. This is something that is very easy to install in, in greenhouses. We install it below the roof on structures that already exist above the crops. So we don't need any regulatory permission to install it because it's inside the greenhouse, protected from natural elements. It also has a superior ROI thanks to the high PD efficiency that we protect with our patent. So all in all, we offer to Tom the possibility to better control his costs, to improve the profitability of his operations, and also to improve the sustainability and reduce the CO2 emissions of his operation. In average, what we can do is that we can cover a greenhouse such as the one Tom, ha Tom has with 35% of the surface with our modules. So for a standard greenhouse of, seven, of five hectares, we can install up to 17,500 solar modules in the greenhouse. With this, we can cover about 70% of the energy needs of the greenhouse, greenhouse owner. Globally, it's about 10 million that are spent in energy solutions by the 12,000 greenhouse owners such as Tom. And this is a market that is booming at the moment. So the surface of greenhouses and also the amount that is spent uh, in energy solutions are both increasing by more than 10% per year. That is expected to remain over the next few years. 
Our ambition for Road Series is to sell directly the green the panels to the greenhouse owners, to install it with them, and to work with about 150 clients by 2027 and grow our sales to around 110 million. Just to highlight the fact that the large scale of a greenhouse translates in huge results for Rotiris. So at the moment, we're preparing uh, paid pilots with our customers, with our say, partners. There are four paid pilots that we're preparing at the moment. The overall opportunity from those pilots is about 40 million Swiss. So now, of course, we only capture a small fraction of the greenhouse with those pilots. But if we were to increase the size and the share of the greenhouse that we cover out with our modules, that would be around 40 million. And what's very interesting is that this is an industry where very often the greenhouse owners are grouped in cooperatives or in rural associations. So the opportunity that comes from working with the greenhouse owners is about six times bigger if we expand within their own network. Our priorities for the next three months, we, we structure them in three different levels. On, on the first side, on technology, we have to conduct different pilots. We need to do R&D testing. And we also need to obtain necessary certifications if we want to commercialize. On the commercial side, so we're working on a pipeline, already anticipating and front-loading all the orders that we need to have. We're also working on financing models for the greenhouse owners to facilitate the adoption and to reduce the financial burden using our solution. And of course, we're also working on implementation partnerships. And finally, on operations, obviously, we're currently fundraising. Uh, we're also working on our industrialization, and we also like to build our team. Talking about the team, today we have a team of, of three people working on the venture. I think we're very uh, complementary because we have a, a very strong um, complement of, of both business and technical background. So on my side, I've been working for about uh, six years for the Boston Consulting Group, also working for BCG Digital Ventures. Uh, and Jonas and, and Dominique uh, have more the, the technical uh, responsibilities for both series. They have worked in R&D for ABB Tachi and also for energy in Monde Energy. And they both have backgrounds from the EPFM. At the moment, we're looking to raise about 900,000 Swiss francs for a pre-seed round, and that would be to prepare commercialization. We'd use the funds mostly to conduct the remaining pilots, including a large-scale pre-commercialization pilot. We also need some funds to perform all the necessary R&D testing that is on the durability, on the life cycle of our products and also to obtain the certification. And we also need to bring some key competencies within the team, for example, in managing projects for industrialization. And for that, we aim to recruit four new employees. Thank you very much. Uh, I hope that I managed to get your interest for greenhouses and uh, agriculture. Absolutely. Fascinating presentation. And thanks to, uh, thanks to Antonio for referring. This is one of the ones that Wingman was looking at. This is one that we're looking at and interested in as well with uh, with Forward.VC, our accredited investor syndicate that's focused on companies just like yours that change the world, make it better, and uh, focus on climate. One, one question I had for you, you mentioned that um, greenhouses are expected in the, by 2050. So I did a little follow-up with um, vertical farming. And how do you see vertical farming affecting that number? Is is what what do you how do you see the dynamics of farming playing out in the future and could that affect your potential growth when it comes to greenhouses um vertical farms can't use this solution yeah so at the moment i, I, I will answer this twofold right i see the the growth of the greenhouse industry is going to to really explode over the next few years because you have uh, you need we really need to fit uh, 10 billion people by 20, right? So we need to have efficient farming. We need to have, uh, we can also use less water when we have a greenhouse, less pesticide we can produce locally. And of course, with climate change, we can also control the environment, right? So you're also less subject to 
to uh, droughts or, or uh, storms, etc. Right. So greenhouses are going to increase regardless of, of vertical farming. I, I still that for vertical farming, we could have our solution that works there. And even the genesis of our solution comes from vertical farming. When you work in vertical farming, very often we inject the, the pink light on the plants. And that's basically what we do and that's what we filter from, from the sunlight, right? It's just today our solution would not be compatible, but I think with a few tweaks and changes, it's something that we could uh, work with. So I, I don't necessarily see it as a threat. And I still feel that in the big scheme of agriculture, vertical farming is still quite small and, and needs to have some improvements to really be something that is... Good answer, good answer. In terms of in terms of future, and then I want to hand it over to Antonia because she was... The, she was the scout, so to speak, on this one. Um, for you, in terms of outdoor farming, is that just a process of licensing then? Are you, or are you able to roll this out at scale? Yeah, that's a very good question. The way we see it in terms of our vision is conceptually what we do is very simple. Conceptually, yeah? <laughs> is we're filtering the sunlight, right? Now we're applying it to greenhouses because we see that that's where the biggest need is because they have a huge energy consumption. They need to control their costs. They need to be independent. So that's why we want to go there. It's also in terms of go to market, as I was saying, for us working with one client, with huge opportunity. So that's why it makes sense to start there. And our solution is fit to that at the moment. But with a few tweaks, we're very quickly looking at having our solution also working for plastic greenhouses. And we're now discussing with some greenhouse manufacturers that manufacture both, right? So I think it's just a question of time before the moment where we're applying our solution to plastic greenhouses. And then after plastic greenhouses, you have open crops. Right. It's just we have already some solutions that work in open crops. Let's see. I see a less obvious need of energy for open crops, but still it's surface and energy providers are looking to at any surface that they can if uh, they can produce electricity. Right. So, of course, it's some things that are there. It's part of our vision. It's just that we have to focus somewhere. And also we, we've heard that in, in aquaculture, it's something that could be interesting because some part of, of the soil components are bad for fishes. They put them at stress, uh, they create diseases. So you could also use spectral filtering to produce electricity. And at the same time, if you want to care for fishes, it's just, it's ideas that we have there. Um, it's part of the roadmap. Okay. I don't want to steal all the time and thunder. So Antonia, did you have any great questions? Um, yes, um, I do. But I would actually love to to to, to like give a little bit room to Claudius or Thomas, um, given that, uh, that I know the company already a tiny little bit. Um, so I would give you priority now. Claudius Thomas, what do you guys got? Any questions for Volt Iris? Maybe for me, interesting would be the, the timeline a bit for all this. You start, you start with the pilot, then you go on with the commercialization. What's the roadmap here or so? But I want to know how far away are you from achieving all these things? Yeah, so I think we're, we're very early. So that's why we call also this funding round a pre-seed. So at the moment, we have a pilot that is running at the Agroscope. It's an industries project. So Agroscope is a competency center of Switzerland for greenhouses. In five weeks, uh, we're going to have a paid pilot in Graubünden, Grison. And then now I'm driving later tonight to the Netherlands. We're going to discuss uh, how to finalize pilots that we want to have in the Netherlands, also to open the market there. Uh, our last pilot, as I was saying, would be a pre-commercialization pilot, and this one we we'll do it in Geneva with one of our partners. It would be around 500 modules, and this one we're looking at it end of this year, beginning of next year, depending also on our fundraising. But this one, we have the partner, they want to do it, we just need them to have a team, because with three people we cannot do it, right? And as soon as we have finished this, I would say with an optimistic 
uh, timeline, we would start commercializing within 12 to 15. That's, I would say, the earliest when we would really start to, to commercialize. So there, are, there are, I mean, there are still some moving parts and some loose ends. So that's why now we, we're working on it, right? That's perfect. Thank you so much. Great product, by, by, by the way. Great pitch Thank as you. well. <laughs> I'm not the technological mastermind that said this. There's always need for the for both of them. <laughs> so Nicholas, thank you very much for the presentation. Um, I'm not sure if I missed that or if you didn't mention it, but could you elaborate a bit on your business model? Maybe yes. maybe you can differentiate between the business model for for the pilots that you're running now and, and what is planned for the future. Yeah. So in a nutshell, we sell the modules to the greenhouse owners with the installation and basic maintenance for 450 Swiss francs for square meter. So a standard greenhouse, it's 17,500 times that we could install. Uh, and then we do the margin. We work with some partners that work on the execution. What we do is that we source the greenhouses. We coordinate the project. And I would say our value proposition is always to have the best PV efficiency for the modules. But anything related to the installation of the modules themselves or um, technical also parts of the sourcing, et cetera, we're going to outsource it. Does that answer your question or not? Uh, not uh, yes, partially. So follow-up question. What's, what's the, the lifetime of such a module? 25 years. So you sell it once and then you don't earn anything for 25 years? Yes. So of course, it's part, and that's why I was saying we were working also on financing models, right? So in theory, yeah. we were energy contracting. So it means that mm -hmm. we own the modules and then we sell the electricity at a certain cost to the greenhouse owners. They're winning okay. because a lot lower than, than uh, what they had, and they can also uh, very well predict uh, their cost over the few next years. It's just in terms of capital flows, it's a bit more difficult for us to put in place because if you want to take debt, you need to have big uh, in accounting uh, balance. Big piggy bank. Um, you, could, you could look at the NPAL model as well of potentially um, yeah, so, so selling this off and then selling the energy or licensing the tech. If I were to think about the biggest lever for adoption is to have the best financial solution for greenhouse owners. So there is something where we don't ask them to spend uh, upfront the, the full capex, but more something that is spread out over a few years. And there are a lot of solutions that exist on this. Have you considered licensing the IP to people who are already doing the deployments anyway? Yeah, so, so that's something that we've considered. Maybe also for some countries, that's something that might happen where we only focus on, on the hardware. And it's... A, I think it's it's up there in the in the in all the possibilities. If we have to consider it, something that's there. It's just I feel that also if we want to contain uh, the value and, and really also work on the relationship with the greenhouse owners, keeping that edge, working more also on how we use the electricity, we have to get to know them. We have to be in contact with them. So that's why it's important for us to keep that part and not just to be a hardware producer. And maybe then like one follow up question from my side. So first of all, thank you so much um, for the for the for the pitch. Um, it was very very nice. Um, so just like you know building upon like what thomas like you know asked like how do you provide like value in the long run like after you sold the hardware like what kind of role does technology play beyond the hardware um at your business now and in the future that's a good question so the way i see it is that it's it's as soon as we get in with the modules there are a lot of things that we can do on the energy the energy is a big topic it's going to continue to be a big topic there there are a lot of things though now just idea for now we could put IoT on our module where we say, look, at the moment we're not producing as much as we should. Maybe it's time for you to clean your your uh, your glasses because it's very important for them to always have the best light transmission. So if the glasses are uh, dirty, it's time to to clean them, and we could predict that with our modules. Also, everything related to production of the electricity, when it's used, how to to use our electricity, 
It's ways where we can go further down the, the value chain, also really go into deep sustainability and decarbonation role. And here it's almost a consulting that we could do with the with the greenhouse owner, right? It's just we have to start somewhere. It's something that's extremely complex. Uh, the greenhouse owners in the Netherlands are extremely sophisticated. It's like companies that have hundreds of employees that have all types of solutions that are in place already. So it's not like you could come and say, look, stop uh, with the heating at this hour and, and use our suit another time, right? So it, it, it's a learning that we need to happen over the, the years and also as we work with the greenhouse owners. Once you secure those contracts, you could probably, they're going to need battery technology as well if they're using solar for and trying to be clean, then you could potentially have other upsell opportunities as well in the future for that or for outfitting as they grow and expand. As you mentioned, most of these are owned by cooperatives that have lots of facilities. Exactly. Awesome. Thanks for presenting. Any other questions from any of you guys, Claudius, Thomas, Antonio? I have one more, but that, that's more for curiosity. How, how flexible can you be with the, with the wavelength uh, spectrum? That's a very good question, actually. So today we're looking at, and that's why I'm saying over the next few years, we want to build, continue to build our expertise. Today we're working with generalist filters, so they can work with not any type of crop, but any type of light-loving crops, right? Because we let certain sprays. But the ambition would be that tomorrow we have something that is very specific, so we can always optimize the photovoltaic efficiency, right? So it's something that we could customize for each type of crops, whether you have cherry tomatoes or or another type of tomatoes or eggplants, whatever, you could have a different type of filter. And that's that's the vision in the end. So is, is there any plans to, you know, put that on a window in the future? Because humans as well need a, a specific spectrum of daylight. Maybe. So it's just, just to be sure that I understood the question, you're uh, talking about other applications, more for buildings or, or windows, right? Uh, for for example, yeah, I mean, you, you talked about greenhouses in your pitch, and then in, in, in the Q&A that there was some, some uh, outdoors, vertical farming, but what about what about office buildings, where we anyways yeah. sometimes have, have shaded windows? It could, uh, it could. So just to give you an idea, the filters that we use, they're used. Uh, so the good part about our technology is that None of the components is something that we need to manufacture in a complex way. So we very quickly have economies of scale because everything comes from other industries that already exist. The filters come from architecture, something that's already used for buildings. It's something that is, it's just we use it with our own specifications and with our own magic sauce, but our costs to produce are low and it's something that we could have another application. It's just we have to start. Thanks for tuning in to another segment of the Startup Tank Climate Investor Pitch Show presented by Forward VC. I'm your host, Matt Ward, serial founder, climate investor, and partner at Forward VC's Angel Syndicate, investing in companies that move the world forward. To learn more about me, download my free growth and fundraising guides, or to get help scaling your company, please visit mattward.io. If you're interested in pitching on a future segment of The Startup Tank, please visit thestartuptank.com. And if you're a credit investor interested in investing alongside us in top climate and impact companies that move the world forward, please visit forward.vc for more details and to apply.